Whether you have a diagnosis or not, I don't care. I'll teach you how to find what's causing your health concerns using the labs you already have. Your doctor might tell you your blood work is normal, but I'm here to teach you a better way. If you're a doctor or a health coach and anything in between, there's one for you too. Go grab your free blood work and supplement cheat guide so you can learn how to read your labs yourself. Plus, come join me for the free three-day live what your normal labs really tell you challenge every fourth week of the month with the last one in May. Download your cheat guides and register here at drkylieburton.com. This podcast is sponsored by Systemic Formulas and Nutribiome. Systemic Formulas, the supplement company I trust with my patients and family. In fact, when I discovered Systemic Formulas, not only did my patients get faster results, but it made my life easier too. Instead of ordering from a handful of companies, I use 95% SF products. They're top of the line quality with the best lab west of the Mississippi. They're pure, potent, and they get results. In fact, I recommend you follow their Instagram at Systemic Formulas Institute. Jump inside their Facebook group and put my name into the search bar. You'll discover multiple videos of me teaching you labs, products, and even business tools. Everybody can join the Instagram, but practitioners, the Facebook group is just for you. Also, the man who's behind the Systemic Formulas products, Dr. Shane Morris, is launching a new line of supplements designed to take your microbiome to the next level. And it's not just probiotics. He has specific prebiotics designed to feed the probiotics. Oh, and anybody can order them too. Learn more and order soon at mybiome.com. M-Y-B-Y-O-M-E.com. And last but not least, are you a practitioner looking to improve your online presence, but it's overwhelming thinking about building a website, connecting it to a funnel, and then having it all actually make money? Let Tara help you take your dream and make it a reality. She's been the driving force behind my entire website and mastermind, my entire online business. Tara can help you build yours too. She's got brand new packages designed to help you grow your business and future-proof it. With over 20 years of experience in the online business consulting and website mastery world, she's your girl. Go check her out at terraconsultinginc.com. That's T-E-R-R-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G-I-N-C.com. All right, let's jump into the episode. to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, your host, Dr. Kylie. We are talking to a fibro specialist today, fibromyalgia, which we haven't covered and if we have very little of it. So I'm really excited because we're going to dive into what is fibromyalgia, what's failed us in treating fibromyalgia, and how do we go about treating it correctly so we can kick it to the curb. Today's guest is Dr. Roger Murphy. He specializes in fibromyalgia and is a trained chiropractor, licensed nutrition therapist. He's written five books. Those include Treating and Beating Fibromyalgia and Chronic Fatigue Syndrome, Heart Disease, What Your Doctor Won't Tell You, Treating and Beating Anxiety with Depression with Molecular Medicine, and then The Murphy Method, which we will get into. So, Dr. Roger, I'm excited to talk about fibro. Hey, 
I'm excited to talk about fiber. I'm always excited to be able to share a, a, a positive message. And that's what we'll do today. Now, before we get into it, let's tell people where they can go learn more at yourfibrodoctor.com. That's Y-O-U-R-F-I-B-R-O doctor, D-O-C-T-O-R. And then your other website is Super Healthy Human. Your podcast is also Super Healthy Human. So if you have fibromyalgia or if you just want to become healthier, definitely look into Dr. Rogers' platforms. Let's start us off the bat and let's dive into what in the world is fibromyalgia. We know there's a lot of misconceptions, misunderstanding about fibromyalgia that's changed over the last five or six years. But when I started 20 years ago, we really didn't know a lot about fibromyalgia. Now, what we do know, a lot of it is, is, uh, is, is incorrect. But fibromyalgia is a syndrome, and a syndrome is made up of a group of symptoms that people have in common, and we give it a name. Uh, fibromyalgia syndrome is made up of the chief symptoms are diffuse, achy, sometimes uh, disabling pain, fatigue, uh, the kind of fatigue that you barely get out of bed some days, uh, low moods, irritable bowel, restless leg syndrome. These are some of the symptoms that make up this thing called fibromyalgia, which affects primarily women uh, between the ages of 36 and 68. And although men do, do get, you know, get diagnosed with fibromyalgia, about 5 to 10% of those with fibromyalgia are men, but uh, predominantly female. And then it's estimated here in the United States, about uh, anywhere from 5 to 10% of those in the United States have fibromyalgia. And that's a, that's a big group of people that have been diagnosed. Many of them have not been diagnosed who fit under the, you know, your labs are normal yet you still feel like crap here, try some Lyrica, possibly. Yeah, I mean, typically it takes anywhere from, you know, five, five to seven years to get the diagnosis. And they've seen uh, upwards of, of 12 different specialists. You know, they go to one doctor after the next, kind of get on the medical merry-go-round. And each doctor is, you know, looking for their specialty to be able to make a diagnosis of something. But fortunately, or, or maybe unfortunately, in the case of fibromyalgia, most of the labs or normal, at least in the conventional sense. They're, you know, when a conventional uh, doctor looks at their labs, they tell a patient everything's normal. They keep referring him, trying to find out something that's wrong. And eventually someone says, well, we don't know really what you have, but you've got all the symptoms of fibromyalgia syndrome. So we're going we're gonna to give you that diagnosis. And then, you know, we're going to start you on these medications and come back and see me in six months. Uh, unfortunately, right now, Kylie, what we're seeing is in the medical community, they've pretty much given up on fibromyalgia. Uh, it's not that they don't care, it's just they don't have anything that works and they know that. So they tell patients that get the diagnosis, you know, you're just gonna have to learn to live with it. And uh, it doesn't matter whether you go to Mayo Clinic or you go to, you know, here at University of Alabama, Birmingham, here in Birmingham, Alabama, it doesn't matter where you go, that's what you're gonna hear when you go the conventional route is, is learn to, to live with it. Uh, Again, unfortunately, in conventional medicine, they've come to this erroneous conclusion because drugs really don't work very well for these patients that they don't they're not going to improve. And uh, and they and, and unfortunately, as well, if we look at uh, look at a 15 year track record of someone just doing the conventional uh, recommendations, they don't improve. In fact, they get worse year after year. So you're telling me that with fibromyalgia patients, you you don't need to just live and manage these symptoms. 
No, I mean, being facetious, but who would want to live with chronic pain day in and day out? I mean, who would want to do that? I had a, I had to have a, a wisdom tooth extracted last week. And I hate, you know, that the pain wiped me out. You know, I can imagine having all over pain every day when you wake up. I can't imagine having such low energy that some days you really literally can't even take a shower. You're you're just so exhausted. Uh, No one wants to live that way. No one should have to live that way. The the challenge is, is getting people to realize that they have other options than just taking Lyrica or Gabapentin or uh, Amitriptyline or whatever it is that the medical conventional medicine is, is uh, recommending. Yeah. And that's something with every diagnosis, whatever it is. If you want to accept your fate, accept your fate. If you don't, then don't. But you can't stay in the conventional medicine route. Otherwise, nothing's going to change. No, it's not. And unfortunately, with fibromyalgia, there's so many symptoms. I mentioned just a handful a moment Mm -hmm. ago. But it's not unusual if we're seeing somebody in the conventional approach treating symptoms instead of the underlying causes, which you and I are looking for in, in functional medicine. But in conventional medicine, it's all about reducing the symptoms. And so it's not unusual to see when I'm working with a new patient, they may be on a half a dozen drugs or a dozen drugs, a drug to put them to sleep, a drug to wake them up, a drug to speed them up, a drug to slow them down. You know, once they get on this medical merry-go-round, seeing these different specialists and going to these different doctors, each doctor has something that they want to recommend, partly because they feel, you know, they feel frustrated and that they haven't done anything to help the patient if they don't make some type of recommendation. So I, you know, I understand that. And, and I'm not anti-drug. I'm really not. I mean, there's a time and a place. But in the fibromyalgia world, I'm definitely anti-wrong drug, too many drugs, and definitely drug-only approach. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Which is why we've seen both our practices, especially yours, when you're focusing so much on fibromyalgia. So we've already learned what is it. It's a syndrome or a group of symptoms, and it can take, if you've been diagnosed with fibromyalgia, or if you're leaning that direction, it's going to take years to get that diagnosis. And the best part about this is if you're willing to change your mindset and not accept your fate, there's a better route for you. Let's dive into this better route. So here's the first thing that you need to realize if you have fibromyalgia. Number one is just a name. That's all it is. It's a name. It's a name given to describe a group of common symptoms that people have. So we know if you've got the diagnosis of fibromyalgia, you have chronic pain. We know you have insomnia. We know you have these common symptoms. Uh, But fibromyalgia doesn't cause the pain or the low energy or the irritable bowel, the restless leg syndrome. There are underlying causes for these things. And, And while we continue to look at the smoking gun about what is the the cause of fibromyalgia. There's a lot of debate about what that is. And I go over that here in a moment, but uh, ideally the first thing is that you would realize that just because you've got the diagnosis of fibromyalgia, number one, that really is not really helpful. Uh, You need to be thinking about, well, why why do I have this pain? Why do I have such low energy? And then number two, uh, it's important to realize that there are options that have proven to be successful. But I think the number one thing is to realize that just because you get the diagnosis, you know, you shouldn't accept that you're just going to treat symptoms. You need to realize what causes it. So diving a little deeper in, in that, if I can, uh, we know that stress is the catalyst for most every disease. 
not, you know, it doesn't sound anything shiny and new. I mean, because people have heard this, and we've come a little bit jaded to it. But most physicians would agree that the common denominator of most things out there, diseases is, is, is stress and probably inflammation. Uh, in the fibromyalgia community, stress really is the straw that breaks the camel's back. So if you look at histories of these individuals, as I've done over the last 20 years, we see that the majority of them have had some type of ongoing stress, whether that's you know a toxic marriage or a toxic work environment or long-term, some other type of illness that they've been dealing with. Uh, they've had some type of, of stress that's been hanging around or stressors have been hanging around for a while that really just run that person down or they're under acute stress, like they get sick with some type of illness or they have a surgery or something that, you know, uh, death of a loved one, but something that comes along, it's a straw that breaks the camel's back. And when that happens, the body that normally your body that normally can regulate itself to the hypothalamus, pituitary, the adrenals, the HPA axis, it gets under so much stress that that mechanism starts to shut down. And, and when that happens, that's why we see so many different symptoms because the hypothalamus, as you of course know, uh, it regulates our sleep wake cycle. It regulates our pain threshold. It helps to regulate our <clears throat> digestion elimination. It regulates our immune system, some of our hormones, endocrine system. So once that gets uh, becomes dysfunctional, it's no wonder we start to see these symptoms start to pop up. And I love the fact that you have said stress can include unhealthy relationships, unhealthy marriages, not just, you know, a stressful event or, I mean, when we think about stress, we can think about it as a long-term. One of my favorite questions to ask patients is when was the last time you felt good? Well, it was like seven years ago. Okay. Well, what happened seven years ago? My mom died or, you know, it's always something like that, some type of stressful trigger that yeah. ended up them sitting where they are with me years later after trying thousands of things that have failed. So we're going to take this approach to fibromyalgia and, and spin it to where we can kick it to the curb because we're going to, we're teaching you how to do that. Dr. Roger is right here right now. Our first step is one, it's realize it's just a name. You are here on the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast for a reason. I don't care what the diagnosis is, nor should you. Yeah. I mean, it's just, again, it's just a name. So it doesn't matter. I mean, in your podcast, your wonderful podcast, it's something you talk about all the time. It's a matter of looking at what are the underlying causes of these symptoms, you know, and trying to find the clues that will point you in the right direction. In your case, uh, the lab work that you're such a, an expert in, you're able to look at these labs and see that, oh, well, here's a clue. Here's a clue. Here's a clue. Let's put this together. This is why you've got a symptom, which you know, a symptom is nothing but a warning sign. It's no different than the, than your engine light coming on in your car. It doesn't really tell you anything other than then you've got a problem. And it's the same thing with pain. I mean, your pain is a, is a symptom. In the case of fibromyalgia, these individuals develop allodynia, which is low pain threshold. So pain becomes much more pronounced and th their pain threshold is really, really low. And because of that, it doesn't take much to create pain in them. They have central sensitivity pain syndrome where their nervous system is on overload and they're, they're kind of on hyper alert. So things become magnified, any kind of stimulation, bright lights, loud noises, tactile sensation, any of these things that you and I would 
you know, whatever, you know, doesn't affect us. But in the fibromyalgia community, these things, this, this stimulation is magnified a thousand, 10,000 times. So it creates even more stress and lowers their, their pain threshold even further. So now pain becomes magnified and it doesn't matter what the trigger of pain is. I mean, the pain can be from osteoarthritis, you know, wear and tear arthritis. It can be from osteoporosis, bone loss. It can be from nerve damage from uh, high blood sugar. It can be from misdiagnosed or undiagnosed thyroid issue. We have nerve damage. So there's, there's all kinds of things that can create inflammation and pain. But what is the real challenge for those with fibro is that their pain threshold has become so low. Uh, fortunately, there's things that you can do to raise your pain threshold. Yeah. Mindset. Then step number two, start thinking about the cause. And I really hate when I get asked this question. I'm sure you do. You do too. Hey, Dr. Kylie, what causes this? <laughs> you know, it's there's never again, just one. Yeah. It's no, multifaceted. It's a, right. Right. You know, we are as different on the inside as we're on the outside. And because of that, you know, we're things affect us in different ways. And this is the same thing about taking nutritional supplements and diets, everything, uh, you know, it, it's different, you know, so you got to find what's right for you. But the cause in fibromyalgia, I really do believe is, again, is stress. The individual has gotten under too much stress and their body's only, their uh, body's self-regulating mechanisms don't work like they're supposed to. You know, we don't have to think about taking 12 breaths per minute. We don't have to think about pumping blood through 60 miles of arteries and veins our digestion. I mean, that's a lot to think about. We we have a little computer. We have systems in our body that regulate these things, but when they get under too much stress, that starts to shut down. And I think, and you know, know, what we see and most uh, most experts in fibromyalgia agree on this, and I have for the last 20 years, is that this is really what produces so many different symptoms and makes it unfortunate that a lot of times the individual will go to a doctor who doesn't believe in fibromyalgia. We, we still have physicians who don't acknowledge fibromyalgia exists and would accuse the patient of being a hypochondriac or just being lazy, crazy, or just depressed, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. I feel like they have to go through every not diagnosis, like testing RA, testing everything else before they end up on, oh, well, it's fibromyalgia. Like we got to rule out everything else first. Yeah. Before we can put a fibro next to their name. Yes, yeah, it's just definitely a, a diagnosis of elimination. And that has to happen. I mean, you really have to do that, that workup. I mean, you really want to make sure that it's not an autoimmune disease. It's not MS or rheumatoid, but you know, the majority, overwhelming majority, 99% of the time, those things are not, those markers don't show up in the blood work. It's really this individual. If you look back, this individual has gotten under too much stress, and it's slowly started to raise its ugly head in, first of all, just some aches and pains and feeling a little bit lethargic. They start having problems with their sleep. And once they start having issues with insomnia, that's the slippery slope. Uh, and that's really the place to start to being able to start to reverse your symptoms associated with fibromyalgia is number one, getting a good night's sleep. I really believe after specializing in fibromyalgia for 20 years, if we just did nothing else, but got this individual sleeping consistently every night where they knew they could go lay down and within 30, 45 minutes, they could sleep through the night and wake up the next day having actually had some sleep. Uh, I really truly believe in, in my clinical 
background, what I've seen day in and day out bears this out, is that they're going to see a tremendous amount of improvement just doing that because you know, one of the causes of pain is poor sleep. When you're not getting enough sleep, you increase your inflammatory chemicals by 40%. Uh, if you're not getting a good night's sleep consistently, you're going to be tired. I mean, there's just no, there's no way around that. You're going to have fatigue. If you're not getting a good night's sleep, you're at risk of developing anxiety and depression. You're at risk of lowering your thyroid function. So now you start to see some of the symptoms associated with low thyroid, uh, not only fatigue, but you start to see diffuse achy pain, headaches, migraines, uh, uh, you know, many of the things we see with inability to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so sleep really, to me, reestablishing consistent, deep, restorative sleep, this delta wave sleep is number one. And uh, I like to use this analogy that we're all born with a stress coping savings account. And in that stress coping savings account, we have certain chemicals that allow us to be able to deal with the stress that we encounter every day. So every day we're under stress, whether that's real or imagined. And we have hormones, we have cortisol and DHEA, and we have vitamins, you know, panathenic acid and magnesium and serotonin and dopamine. We have these chemicals that are released anytime we get under stress to help us to be able to navigate the stress and then to settle back down and, and feel healthy. Uh, but unfortunately for those with fibromyalgia, they have bankrupted their stress coping savings account. So they show up every day and they get under stress and that stress is magnified exponentially so that little things that normally would shouldn't bother them become like trying to scale Kilimanjaro or something. You know, it's just so, it's, just, it's something they almost just can't imagine overcoming. But for these individuals, again, bright lights, loud noises, traffic jams, you know, things that you and I, we would not think anything about for this group of individuals, it becomes the real challenge because they've depleted these stress coping chemicals. Uh, one of the biggest, big one is serotonin. So if someone were to ask me, what is the, the underlying cause of, of fibromyalgia? A big part of that is that these individuals, because of the stress, they've depleted their stress coping hormone, serotonin, the happy hormone. And as that hormone goes down, serotonin, then we see that the pain threshold goes down. So now pain is magnified. As you know, serotonin, this brain chemical, is responsible for it's the you know happy hormone, so it helps to, to to reduce stress and anxiety, and helps with moods, uh, helps to reduce pain, and then also is important to help good sleep. You know, being able to get a good delta wave sleep. It's also when you're low in serotonin, you're at risk of developing irritable bowel because you have more serotonin receptors in your intestinal tract than you do in your brain. So when you get low in serotonin, now you start to have problems with you know, regulating your bowel movements. So it's no wonder that 70% of the people with fibromyalgia have not only pain, but they also have irritable bowel. When you talk about sleep and serotonin, I know insomnia is so big with, with these individuals and they've tried like melatonin and a whole bunch of other things to sleep. What is your recommendation to improve their sleep? So melatonin is a sleep hormone. And a lot of people have tried that. And this, I recommend melatonin. But in my fibro patients, before I go there, I recommend... 5-oxytryptophan, 5-HTP. And the reason why is because if you're low in serotonin in the conventional world, they're going to recommend, you know, they say you got fibro, we're going to put you on Cymbalta or, you know, a lot of times they say, oh, you're depressed. We're going to put you on antidepressant. And a lot of these individuals are, I mean, who wouldn't get 
pretty down. You know, if you had this for five years, 10 years, you know, a couple of decades where you felt like this all the time, it would be easy to get depressed. But no one has Cymbalta deficiency. So no one has the drug deficiency. But you could have a, a 5-hydroxytryptophan or a tryptophan deficiency. Uh, Which gets turned into serotonin. An amino acid. Exactly. So these amino acids, tryptophan is in the proteins that we eat. It's one of the essential amino acids, means, which means your body can't make it. You have to get it in your diet. And there are, you know, unfortunately, there's individuals who cannot convert tryptophan from the protein that they eat into 5-hydroxytryptophan, which then turns into serotonin when it's combined with B vitamins, magnesium, vitamin C. But the, so 5-HTP is something you can get over the counter. And that's what I start all my fibro patients on. The beauty of 5-HTP is not only does it make serotonin when it's combined with a good multivitamin, but it also increases your natural melatonin level by 200%. So I have my patients to begin with, they start with 100 milligrams of 5-HTP 30 minutes before bed on an empty stomach with just a little bit of grape juice mixed with water. The purpose of that is when you drink that grape juice, the sugar in the grape juice really causes your body to release insulin, a hormone that then will pull that 5-HTP across the blood-brain barrier so that it works in the brain and not in the gut. Uh, but I start them at 100 milligrams, and if they don't fall asleep within 30 minutes and sleep through the night, then they go to 200 milligrams. Uh, next night, they go to 300 milligrams. But the purpose of 5-HTP is certainly to help with sleep, but it's also to start to raise that pain threshold. I love how you give specific data and specific do this. And if it doesn't work, then do well, this. You know, you, you if it doesn't work, to, then do this. You know, what happens is, yeah, well, you know, what happens is as individuals, they'll they'll uh, they'll go to the health food store and they'll say, I need some 5-HTP and they'll get some 5-HTP and they'll take one. It's, it's not going to be strong enough. I mean, ideally the therapeutic dose is 300. Then there'll be some that'll go, they'll take that uh, and take 300 milligrams and that won't work. So what's the next step? So the next step is then you may, depending, you know, there's depending, uh, you would add melatonin. And I, some of my patients are taking, you know, 12, 15 milligrams of melatonin on top of the 5-HTP. Uh, if the 5-HTP is not helping them fall asleep and stay asleep, it, it's still needed because what you want to do is raise that serotonin level. And, and keep in mind that Cymbalta or Lexapro or Paxil or Celexa, these antidepressants, they don't make serotonin. They only help you hang on to the serotonin that you have. But if you've gotten run down over the years and you're taking a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor and there's no serotonin to reuptake, it's not going to do anything. It's like trying to use a gasoline additive in an empty gasoline tank. You're, you know, if you're running on fumes, it really is not going to do much. And that's, that's what we see with individuals with their own antidepressants is that typically after six months to 24 months, those medications are not working. But again, because they're, they're like a gasoline additive and there's no gasoline. You know, if you start with the 5-HTP and a good multivitamin, you can make serotonin and just start filling your brain up with this, with this all important hormone for your body. And are all 5-HTP supplements created equal? They're not. I mean, you want to look at some of the better brands. I mean, we have, uh, you know, I have a supplement line that I developed years ago. And the main reason was, is that years ago when I had a, at one time I had a very large medical practice with 
five medical doctors who work with me and we would make these recommendations and the patient would go to the health food store and they'd come back with a Santa Claus bag. You know, you know, you, you've seen your, your patients, they have all this stuff they're taking and you look at it and you go, you know, you probably don't need, you, know, you get down to one bottle and this is good. 95% of what you're taking. Yeah. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. It's probably, you know, just, and so years ago I developed, but there's a lot of good ones. You know, you certainly don't have to, you know, to, to purchase. Where do they find yours? Say this. Uh, at your fibro, your fibro okay. doctor, the store. But I would be careful. There's some 5-HTPs out there that have a lot of things in there. Opens up the possibility that the individual taking it, they're probably doing, would do okay with 5-HTP, but it's got St. John's Ward and all this other stuff in there. You got to be careful because these other things that are in there may not agree with you. And so you take it and you get some kind of reaction or it doesn't work and you just, you know, you, you discount it. I'd rather you just have just good old 5-HTP. And then for those of you that are, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you know who you are. I'm a recovering insomniac myself. There are things that you can take in the middle of the night that can help you go back to sleep. So there's, if you go to the website, you'll see there's some free things you can get about sleep that will go into detail, the details about some of the stuff. I blame my four-year-old for my insomnia. Yeah, yeah, you know, I tell you, here's the thing, you know what, uh, looking back over the years, I was talking to uh, a podcast here a couple of days ago, and I was another female practitioner, and she was really struggling with, you know, getting, getting, and you look at it, that's a common denominator, a lot of my patients, is that's when their fibro started, is after their first job, where they just, you know, you don't sleep, I mean, I remember that, I got three kids, and uh, even, you know, it was rough on me, I can, you know, it was really rough on my wife, but if you start to miss out on your sleep, it really, you know, it can really play havoc uh, on your health. And, and, and what we see in these individuals too, is a lot of those with fibromyalgia, they come from very stressful households from children. So it could have been verbal abuse. It could have been, you know, it could have been physical abuse, uh, sexual abuse. It could be just a kind of a toxic household, or it could be just a lot of stress of military family moving a lot or, whatever, but they came from a household that for whatever reason, there was a good bit of stress. And as they started to go through life, they, they find out they have lost their plasticity, their ability to kind of rebound from stress. It really takes it out of them. And so they can, they can kind of navigate high school. Maybe they do okay. Uh, but they get into college and they start having some symptoms and but then maybe they, they, you know, the first big thing that comes along, that's a big stressor that wipes them out. And you can go back and, as you said, you know, earlier looking at somebody, when was the last time you felt good? That's a, that's a question I used as well. You look at, okay, when did you start feeling bad? And you can look at, you can trace it, you know, a decade ago, this individual had already been really run down anyway, but they lost, maybe they they lost their special needs child, you know? So they were a giver, you know, they were, they were not a healthcare professional. I I see a lot of doctors and, and nurses in my practice, who are professional health caregivers, but you could be the health caregiver of your family to where, you know, you're, you're taking care of somebody and you give and you give and you give and you give. And then one day, you know, you've given out, that's it, you're done. Mm-hmm. And it's a process that develops over time. But once you get in that situation, there's no drug that's going to pull you out of that. The only way <laughs> to overcome fibromyalgia, and this sounds so simplistic, but the only way is to get healthy. And the only way you can get healthy is treating these underlying issues that are creating your symptoms. 
Number one is sleep. Number two is adrenal fatigue, something that, you know, I know you talk a good bit about, but you have these stress coping glands, the adrenal glands, they're, they're these tiny little glands about the size of a pea that sit on top of each kidney and they release these stress hormones. Anytime you get under stress, they're releasing these hormones to allow you to have stamina and resiliency to stress. But if you're under chronic stress, eventually those glands, <laughs> they, they run out of these stress hormones. And so you wake up one day and now you get under stress and you've bankrupted your stress coping chemicals. And now you've bankrupted your stress coping glands. And now stress becomes magnified and you get in this vicious cycle to where little things are magnified. Things you would never have thought about become really incredibly toxic, uh, you know, stressfully toxic. And then that creates more stress. And, and then you deplete your chemicals and then they get in this and they can't get out of it. Uh, some, some individuals fibromyalgia have, you know, get in this situation to where literally they become uh, a hermit. You know, it's really sad. They don't leave the house because they can't stand any stimulation, any stimulation. And uh, it's a terrible thing. So in conclusion here, we could go on and on because I love this, but we have five tips to help kick fibromyalgia to the curb. Tip number one, mindset shift. It's just a name. Tip number two, start thinking about what's causing it. And that's multiple reasons. Tip number three, sleep. Tip number four, restore serotonin. And you can help fix both of those sleep, the sleep and the serotonin with 5-HTP. Start with 100 milligrams, 30 minutes before bed. Add a little bit of grape juice and water to that to activate it and voila. And then tip number five, adrenal fatigue. That's a great place to start. And there's all kinds of free resources on my website that they can go to that you mentioned. I really appreciate that. But, you know, these individuals are really looking for answers. And I know you give a lot of free material. I think it's really important to do so because people really don't. This is not to belittle anybody, but people are pretty clueless about where health comes from and what makes up really true health. And in the fibromyalgia community, there's some key things that once you are exposed to them and you, you can realize, oh, okay, that makes sense. That resonates with me. And you start to do these things, you can see a dramatic improvement in your symptoms. I'm not telling you that everything goes away because it's a, it's a process. There's a lot of layers that you have to unwind. But uh, what we've mentioned here today is a great start. And there's a lot more on the website. The website is yourfibrodoctor.com. Also check out superhealthyhuman.com and the podcast doctor with Dr. Roger at Super Healthy Human. We didn't even get to talk about your method. So you better go check, check out your podcast and your website for the Murphy method and then get started on those five simple tips. Thanks, Dr. Roger. Kylie, thanks so much. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure and an honor. I really appreciate your work. You're helping so many people with your message. And uh, I always love talking about fibromyalgia because it, it's, it's something that uh, is my mission. And I just enjoy being able to help those who are looking for answers, kind of like you do. They just, they can't, they kind of fall through the cracks. So thanks so much. Feel empowered? Loved this episode? Help others find it by leaving a review. It's the best compliment I can receive. Then take your learning one step farther and discover what your normal labs really tell you by downloading the free cheat guide and register for the next three-day live challenge. 
doitall at drkylieburton.com. Remember, there's a cheat guide and a three-day live challenge for those of you with medical background too. Take your practice beyond the diagnosis with your free downloads and challenge at drkylieburton.com. This podcast is sponsored by Systemic Formulas, Nutribiome, and Terra Consulting, Inc. Systemic Formulas is the supplement company I trust with my patients and family. Everybody can join them on Instagram at Systemic Formulas Institute. Practitioners jump inside their Facebook group. It's called Systemic Formulas Clinical Nutrition. Once inside the group, search my name and you'll discover videos on labs, supplements, and business tools. It's all free. See you on the inside. Are you a practitioner ready to up-level your online presence? Tara is your girl. She is a brilliant mind behind my entire platform, my practice, and the BTD Mastermind. From writing the copy to building the technical back end of my website to marketing strategy, I highly recommend you let her take your dream and make it a reality, just as she did for me. Get started here at TaraConsultingInc.com. That's T-E-R-R-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G-I-N-C.com. Be back next week.